Anybody going through a tough time right now? You know, facing some serious obstacles in your life? I mean, does anyone feel like you're going against the odds? You know, like you're alone in a mighty storm, discouraged, maybe defeated today, maybe broken. And you feel like you're running out of of patience in your life and strength and hope. I mean, how many of you just feel like running? You know, that's how life gets sometimes. And when you're in that situation, when you hit times like that, I believe you need a new song. You know, the clip that we watched earlier from Happy Feet. And did you guys moan at the end of that? I, uh, I heard you back there. It's like, okay, they glued into it. But the line at the end of that clip was, a penguin without a heart song is hardly a penguin at all. And I thought about that when I was putting this message together, that we all need a song in our heart. We need a a, a new song, a song that will fuel you, that will give you hope, a song that will see you through, that will allow you to to face the challenges in life, help you navigate the, the obstacles. I mean, a new song that will give you strength to keep going and help you reach your God-given potential. And we talk about that a lot around here. I mean, that new song's kind of like a tuning fork, you might say. They use that to tune instruments. And you would strike the tuning fork, and I know they've got electronic ones now, but it emits that that perfect tone, that, that pitch. And so you're able to tune your instruments so that when you play your instrument, it sounds right, that it allows that instrument to reach its full potential, so to speak. Well, I believe a new song helps us stay in tune, that it strikes a chord in our hearts. It gives us the right note to, to live by. I believe a new song can provide that strength and that stability that you need. And we know that some of the greatest movements in the world, songs played a major role. They, they help to unify People. It helped uh, that cause to gain traction, so to speak. And it captured the heart. You know, when the Israelites were, their back was against the wall, they were against the sea, and the Egyptian army had them hemmed in, Exodus 15 says they sang a new song. When they were in the desert and there was no water to be had, Numbers 21.17 says they sang a new song. When the Israelites were complaining, and they did that often, but when they were complaining and they wanted to return to Egypt, return to to slavery, Deuteronomy 31.22 says Moses taught them a new song. When the Israelites were in political turmoil, Deborah sang a new song, Judges 5. After Job faced incredible, I mean tremendous losses, he lost everything. Job 36 says he was reminded of a song. King David was driven to his knees many times. And throughout the Psalms, he says, I will sing a new song. Isaiah 
Jonah sang new songs. When, when the angel informed Mary that she was going to give birth to Jesus, the, the Savior of the world, and in her mind, I know she was realizing the, the difficulties that were going to be before her, the, the ridicule, the rejection. But Luke 1 records that Mary's first response was song. In fact, if you do a careful study through the Bible, it talks about new song. God given a new song and that in that people find purpose in the song. People embed the song in their heart. That people found their God-given potential and purpose in life. Songs were, were battleground songs. Uh, a song that allowed people to inf- face incredible odds. Serious situations. And it was song that saw them through. The, the song gave them a sense and a vision of a better day. It gave them strength to, to rise to the challenge, to, to face the, the struggles that were ahead. Song. Song became a song of victory throughout the Bible. David, uh, King David, a man after God's own heart, he understood the importance of song. He wrote 75% of the Psalms. And incidentally, those are songs. They're songs. The YouTube piece that uh, was played before I came out here, it's called 40. It's based on the 40th Psalm. And that's the Psalm, one of the Psalms that David wrote. And I want to kind of focus on the first part of that, that Psalm, Psalms 40, because I believe there's some things that we can learn that will help us in, in our lives. David writes, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a what? New song in my mouth and a song of praise to our God. I mean, the song gave David determination, gave him perseverance in his life as David was actively waiting on God. As David was anticipating that God would move. As David was listening, he was actively waiting. He was waiting on God to help him against all odds. He was waiting on the promises of God. And although he didn't see any change in the situation, David waited actively. Waiting on God. You know, David was looking at his situation, I'm going to guess. And he was looking, thinking, you know, this is serious. This is a serious situation. And he describes it. I mean, catch his words, a desolate pit out of a miry bog. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Apparently, he's looking at the situation. He's looking at what's going on around him. And David said, you know what? I need a song. I need a song to to keep me sane. I need a, a song to fuel my faith. I need a song to help me keep fighting and moving forward in my life. I need a new song while I'm waiting to be delivered 
out of the pit. I mean, I wonder what pit you're in today. You know, your relationship pit, marriage pit, parenting pit, a financial pit, a health pit, a vocational pit. You know, I've said this before. It's not a question of whether you're going to be in the pit. It's just a question of when. We will all spend time in the pit. Some of you are in the pit today. And I believe that if you're going to do great things for God, you should fully expect to spend a lot of time in the pit. In that desolate pit. In that dark pit. In that slimy bog. Pit of doubt. You ever been there? You doubt that God's even with you sometimes. But hear this. Pits, they're part of the process. It's part of the process. You know the story of, of Joseph. Joseph was a guy that spent some time in pits. And Joseph, though those pits become part of the process. The pits were painful in his life. You know, Joseph had 11 brothers. That would be the pits, I think. (laughs) Joseph was his father's favorite. That meant his brothers hated his guts. One day, they're out in the desert. Not really sure why, but they were out running around. And they decide they're going to throw him in a pit or a well, as it be. They're going to let Joseph die. And we're told that the brothers came back and they pull him out of the pit. I'm not sure why they did that. I mean, I would speculate that maybe they were afraid he was going to escape. Or possibly they just couldn't bring themselves to actually kill him. But they pull him out of the pit. You'd think that's good news. But they sold him into slavery. You know, his brothers fabricate a story. They... they tell their father that Joseph was killed by a wild animal. And to kind of give the story a little credibility, they got together and they said, well, let's take his coat. They covered it with animal's blood and they took it back and go, this is all that's left of him. Joseph went from the pit, literally, into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's home. There he's accused of sexual harassment, falsely accused, by the way. And he's thrown into prison. So think about it. Rewind a little bit. He's thrown in a pit or a well. He's sold into Egyptian slavery. He's thrown into prison for something he didn't do. And I would argue pit, pit, pit. And we don't find him singing like the world would sing. Instead, he sings a new song. You know, Joseph knew that God was behind it, that God was going to use the pits in a great way in his life. And so you don't find him fighting. You don't find him trying to get even. You don't find him throwing a fit, griping and complaining. No, he doesn't do any of that. No, we find Joseph pit after pit after pit, enduring the situation, waiting patiently for God. And staying focused on God and singing a new song. 
a new song. It's an amazing story. We don't have time to go into great detail, but Joseph goes from this pit in his life to, to the pinnacle of Egyptian power. Because of his faithfulness to God, because he sang that new song, he gets on Pharaoh's radar. Pharaoh realizes this young man has skill sets that could boost their administration. And he ends up rising to number two in power in Egypt. Puts him in a position to save an entire nation. His brothers, they haven't seen him for decades. They, they come seeking relief. They, they need food. There's a famine in the land. They see Joseph, but they don't recognize him because they think he's dead. They figure he's gone. And you would think Joseph would be all fired up, that he would have this get-even mentality, but he doesn't. He responds in love. Because he understood that the pit was part of the process in his life. You know, Genesis 50, I love his response to his brothers. He says, you intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know, Anthony Robbins in his book, Awakening the the Giant Within, I think I've shared this before, but it's a a great story because he he tells about a a man that was a drug addict and an alcoholic that's serving a life sentence for murder. And he says that guy had two sons and that one of the sons turned out just like his father, that he was a drug addict, he was an alcoholic, and he was in prison for attempted murder. But But the other son... The other son was a good husband and a father. He was a regional manager of a major company. And Robbins did interviews with the two boys. And he asked them, independent of one another, he says, why has your life turned out this way? And he said that both sons gave the same answer. And they said, what else could I have become having grown up with a father like that? Robbins writes, and it's very poignant. He says, it's not the events of our life that shape us, but our belief as to what those events mean. See, the pit, the pit's part of the process. The pit is painful. You can't ignore it. You can't fake it. If you're in that today, you know you can't just shake it. You have to face the pit, don't you? And when you're in the pit... I would remind you, you are close to your God-given destination. You know, when you read the Psalms, David, over and over, spends a lot of time in the pits. I mean, for years, he was running for his life. He was a fugitive, had a price on his head. You know, he hit some pits in his life because of personal sin. Had an affair. Had a guy murdered. Slimy pit. It was a slimy pit. David had a pit where he lost his infant son. It was a deep pit. You know, David had costly leadership mistakes that cost people their lives. Pits. David had a massive parenting mistake. David's son, he just let him run amok. 
And ultimately, it resulted in the rape of one of his daughters and the death of that son. Painful, painful pit. David spent time in the pits. And I, and I find it interesting as you read through the Psalms, most of which David wrote when he was in the pit. And David, as he was writing the, those Psalms, and I challenge you just to read through sometime, because he never let the pit change the song that he was singing. He let those God-given songs change the pit. You know, when, when you stay tethered to God, God will give you a new song. I am absolutely positive of that. God will give you a song to see you through. And if you don't get anything else, you know, you tune out everything else that's said today, get this. Never let your circumstances change the song. Let your song change the circumstances. It's huge. It's a whole new way to, to think. You know, Isaiah, God's speaking, and he says, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and a stream in the wasteland. You see, I believe songs help you out of the pit. Songs help you through the the desert, through that wasteland. They keep you from from sinking. Songs give you that sure footing. It says secure footing in in the, the psalm. Keeps you from sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, the reality is you have two choices when you're in the pit. One, you can just stop. Keep silent. Don't sing. And just sink. Or you can strive, keep grasping for for that solid footing, and keep singing. You know, the singing will help you find that footing in life. When you're in the pit, I know it's easy. It's easy to resign yourself and allow, you know, whatever it is to to take you over. You know, to get in that poor me. You know, this is awful. I am the only one that has ever had to face this whatever. But my point is, not that there's not pain and that you don't feel some of that, but the point is, if you fixate on whatever it is long enough, I mean, you really let it saturate your mind. Immerse your heart in it. If you're like most you'll start feeling overwhelmed. You'll start feeling helpless. You will feel powerless and you will get desperate. And set your mind in that long enough and you will get stuck in the mire, in the bog. There's nothing to be done. It's bad. It's really bad. It's never going to get better. There's no way out. And friends, if you're not careful you will spiral and find yourself in a deep abyss of despair. And if you settle in the pit, you get pessimistic, gloomy, grim. You're no good to to God. No good to your family. No good to anyone around you. In fact, I would argue you're no good to yourself at that point. Because when you're in that pit when pessimism takes over, 
you will find yourself in a place you do not want to be. And it is hard. I mean, it is hard to claw your way out, especially in the world we live in. You need hope. You need focus. You need to focus on on God. You need to be revived. You need a new song, I would argue. I mean, I will go on record to say, I will always ask God for a new song. Because for me, the alternative is absolutely unthinkable. Because when you're in the pit, and I have been there many times, when you hit the pit, You look for God because you need a new song. And when you find that song, you sing it. And that song, you find strength. You find hope for for your life. I I was kind of reflecting over my life. And most of my Christian life, it seems like I've always had a song. Always. I mean, the songs change. They're different for different seasons. But I was thinking about songs. You know, one, one for me early in my life was Greatest Thy Faithfulness, the hymn. And, and that song saw me through some very tough times in my life. I mean, every time, every day I would get up, I, I would listen to it. I would read the words to it. I would sing it. I would pray it. You know, Greatest Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. I'm not a good singer, but all I have need of thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. And that's based on scripture. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It's powerful. And when I was going through tough times, It reminded me every day God's faithful. No matter what I face, God's faithful. When I was thinking, you know what, this stinks. God's faithful. And when I was thinking there's no way out, God is faithful, God is faithful, God is faithful. Everlasting God. That's one I've sang when I've been in the pits. You know, when, I, when I've felt weak, when I've felt powerless in, in my life, you know, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer, you are the everlasting God. And friends, that song kept me in the game. That song kept me moving forward. It reminded me that God was my strength, that God would give me the strength to see it through. You know, sometimes the the song is scripture. You know, God just embeds it in in your heart. And I cannot tell you how many times God has taken and given me a new song through, through scripture. And so I just read it over and over and over and embed it in my mind. You know, when I was in the pit and I just tired, you know, kind of depleted. You know, Psalm or Isaiah 40, it says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And you just embed it 
It's a new song. It's a new song. You know, time when I was getting knocked around a lot and kind of messed up. But a sweet song. It was a song of hope, a song of promise. You know, Paul wrote it, Romans 8. It says, we know that all things work together for good for those who love him, who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And I just kept singing the song, singing the song. You know, lately, the song that God's just embedding in my heart is Arms That Hold the Universe. And it's just a tremendous song, but part, part of the lyrics, I mean, just listen to this. Through many dangers, toils and snares, you have already come. His grace has brought you safe this far. His grace will lead you home. And then the arms that hold the universe are holding you tonight. You can rest inside. It's going to be all right. And the voice that calmed the raging sea is calling you his child. So be still and know he's in control. He'll never let you go. Friends, it's song of hope. Songs, God-given songs. Songs give you permission to win. Songs give you the ability to make it through, to see a better day, to rest in God. And friends, when your heart sings, I believe you find hope. When your heart sings, you find strength. When your heart sings, you find the sure footing, the secure footing, that rock-solid foundation, and it all tracks back to God. You know, God will give you a new song if you let him. No stories told in uh, Second Chronicles 20. Uh, Jehoshaphat, he's king. How would you like that for your name? <laughs> Jehoshaphat. I bet he got teased at school a lot. But uh, Jeho- Jehoshaphat's king. He's king of Judah. He, he's at war. His enemies have surrounded him. He is in the pit. I mean, he's in the pit. He is paralyzed. And he commits himself to seeking God because he has, he's like, I don't know what to do. And he asks the nation, he says, pray and fast, pray and fast. And God gives Jehoshaphat a new song. The day comes that they are going to have to go to battle. And he gathers everyone around him. And he reminds him, he says, believe in God. He appoints a group to lead the charge, to be on the front lines. And these guys don't have AK-47s. They don't have bazookas. It's not a a battalion of tanks. No, no, no. The guys on the front line are going to sing a new song. In fact, it's recorded. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And they were what? A song. Can, can you picture it? Getting ready to go to battle. They know that the battle's not theirs. Because the only weapon is song. Can you picture it? The battle cry goes out. Give thanks to our Lord and King. His love and what? Dures forever. Can you imagine? 
And they defeat their enemy with a song. Sing a new song. I mean, when you sing a new song, not only do you find that you get secure in your footing, not only do you find determination and hope and strength, but I believe that the song that you sing, that God gives to you, it demonstrates the power of God in your life. No, the psalmist goes on. David writes, he says, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in him. When you're in the pit of life, people are watching you. Christians, people are watching you. People don't want to just hear what you have to say about God. People want to see what your life says about God. And I believe that God wants to change us from being CDs to being DVDs in our life. That the song that you sing becomes testimony to the God that you serve. I mean, what song are you singing today? I mean, does your song look like the rest of the world? Like a really, really bad, awful country song, you know? Is that what you sing? Or is it a new song? Is it a new song where people look and they go, you know what? I can see God working in you and through you. You know, Paul and Silas, they're preaching in Philippi. They they heal a young girl. You you would think people would be all excited about that, but no, no, no. They, they, They cause a riot because they're so upset. And Paul and Silas get arrested. They get beaten. They, they end up in chains. They end up in prison. Now, they could have sang a song, a sad song, you know, griped and complained. But instead, they sing songs of praise. They sing a new song. They sing to a God that was powerful. They, they sing to a God that they absolutely knew had their back. And scripture says that the other prisoners were listening. How, how are you going to respond to the pit? I mean, I'm convinced some of you today feel like you're in prison. You feel like the, the prison door has been closed. But friends, don't let the prison whatever it is, don't let that pit change your song, that God-given song. Let God give you a song that will change your prison. You know, Paul and Silas, they're, they're singing praises and God's moved and we're told that an earthquake hit and it shakes the prison foundation. The doors come off their hinges. They, they end up, their, their chains loosen and, and they're free. And out of the pit, I mean, amazing story. But lives were changed because people were watching. A guard and his family, they bowed the knee to Jesus Christ that day. Book of Daniel. Daniel 3 tells a miraculous story. It's a fiery faith. Nebuchadnezzar's the king. He's decreed that when the music is played through the city, that everyone is to drop to their knees and praise a false god. This false god. And so these three... Men, young men, refused. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're sentenced to death. Execution by fire. 
And I would argue these boys, these young men, were singing a new song. You know, the, the king, he cranks up the, the fire. In fact, it's so hot that when the men throw them in the fire, the guards are burned to death. Can, can you picture this pit, this fire pit? Can you picture it? They're singing praises, these young men, to the one true God. They're not singing the songs that the rest of the world was singing. No, they're singing a new song. They're, they're singing songs of protection, songs of victory. You know, the, these boys, as they're getting ready to be thrown in the fire, they turned to the king and they said, you know, we're not sure whether we will live or die, but it doesn't matter because we're going to sing this song. We're going to trust God in this. And we're told that the king, he looked into the fire and he sees not three people, he sees four. Most believe it was probably Jesus. But the fact is God was with them. And he says, come out of the fire. And these three boys walk out and the fire's not touched them. I mean, not a head on their head, a hair on their head was singed. A new song. They sang a new song. And people were watching. And people were looking. And they saw God working. And we're told that an entire nation turned to God. A few years later, a young man by the name of Daniel. Daniel, devoted follower of God. was noted that he prayed regularly. And people knew it. And... God had given him, had placed a song in his heart. We're told that King Darius, that he noticed that there was something different about Daniel, that Daniel was singing a different tune than the rest of the world. And and the king liked Daniel. But some of the high officials, they didn't like him. They, they wanted Daniel out of the way. If you read the story through some political maneuvering, they get the king to sign a law. And basically the law was that anyone that worshipped anyone besides the king was to be thrown into a lion's den to die. Now see, they played on the king's ego. He's like, ooh, I like that. Everybody worships me. They boxed the king in with the law. And although the king didn't want to execute Daniel and send him into the lion's den, he, by the law, had forced himself into a position he didn't want to be. And they said as Daniel was being led to, to the den, that the king speaks to Daniel. And he says, May the God you serve deliver you. They throw Daniel in the lion's den. Scripture says that the king went back to the palace and he fasts. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us what Daniel or the king did all night. doesn't say a word about it. But here's what I would argue. I would argue 
that God embedded a new song in them. That it was a song of protection. It was a song of praise. It was a song of hope. It was a song of deliverance. You know, Scripture says the next morning that the king races to the den. And he finds Daniel alive. And here's what I find interesting. If you read the the entire text, the king ends up repealing the law. He declares Daniel's God, the true God. And he issues a new decree. And in the new decree, the king records a song. It's interesting. It says, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall not be destroyed, and his dominion has no end. He delivers and rescues his works, signs, and wonders in heaven and on earth. For he has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, I have no idea how they sang that, but it's a song. It's a song. I don't know if God gave the song to Daniel And it was the song he sang through the night. And then Daniel gave the song to the king. Or perhaps, as the king was fasting, maybe God gave the king a new song. But either way, God gave a song that day. A song of hope, a song of deliverance, a song of power. And when it was sung, it gave testimony to a great God. New song. New song. No, no longer just CDs. No, DVD life. Powerful testimony is a DVD life. A new song produces DVD lives that people can see. It makes a difference. David understood the power of song. He, it is weaved throughout the fabric of his life. You can read it all around in the scriptures. You know, the songs that saw him through the battles, songs that, that gave him strength to deal with tremendous losses in his life, songs that helped him maintain his faith, that allowed him to hold it together when everything was falling apart around him. You know, songs that broke the stranglehold of sin in his life, songs that cut through the chaos, And the uncertainties, songs that gave David the wisdom to lead an entire nation. And I'm guessing that David was reflecting one day on all those songs. And he was thinking about what God had done in his life through those songs and all the situations that God had seen him through. And we're told near the end of David's life, He writes these words, and it's not surprising he writes this. He says, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I will sing a new song. I will sing a new song. I will sing a new song. Till my last breath, I will sing a new song. And I've got to ask you, how long till you sing that song? Sing a new song. Some of you need a new song today. The pit's deep, isn't it? The obstacles are great. 
The challenges are overloading. You know, that sin's got a, got a grip in a way that you never expected. You don't see a way out. You don't see how God could possibly bring something good out of whatever it is. But I want to challenge you today, whatever, whatever the pit, whatever it is that you're facing, sing a new song. We're going to sing in a minute, Everlasting God. Maybe that's the song you need to sing. But find a song, a God-given song. Maybe it's on a CD. Maybe it's in Scripture. Maybe it's something you hear here on Sunday morning. But find that song. Find that song. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, help us to be people that sing a new song. God, we are all in different seasons right now. But I know whatever season we find ourselves, that if we'll just ask you for it, if we'll just look around us, open your Bible and read through your word, listen to some Christian music, that somewhere you will pull us toward whatever that song's to be. God, I thank you for the power of those songs. I thank you for the ministry. Thank you that you keep us moving with each note. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you our lives. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.